Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with family and friends about their favorite movies from their childhood and growing up. Um, and we have a very special guest today, and Eleanor will introduce and talk about our movie. Okay, so our guest today is Katie Rivard of Kavanaugh Football Fame. Um, <laughs> and so Katie was at Notre Dame with both Annie and I. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 okay. I'm also, like, a little bit nervous this isn't recording, but, like, I think it's recording. Okay. We'll just trust that it is. Yeah. Okay. This podcast is doomed as George. <laughs> as in, this is our third time trying to do this, and Eleanor woke up late. <laughs> I mean, it was just, uh, daylight savings is very confusing. Yeah. But, like, it's not. But you're fine. <laughs> So, anyway, um, Katie Rivard is going to talk to us about George Jungle. But, Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What are your interests? Where do you live? Well, I'm currently back in Michigan, where I'm from. So, it's great, the Detroit area. I teach third grade in Ann Arbor. So, that's, you know, a joyous, a joyous thing. We have a lot of daily adventures with our fish chester. Um, so yeah, I, my hobbies are reading, um, watching George of the Jungle and childhood movies, and <laughs> just started an improv class, so that's asked out of myself once a week, um, on Saturdays, so yeah. Yeah, I honestly, I'm glad you're doing the improv class, because I know you're trying to, like, do different things, and I could see you in so many ways going into writing, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and you're like uh, speaking to my heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like in Los Angeles, like I do have a lot of friends who are writers or want to be writers, and regardless of the type of genre that they want to go into, improv really helps them think about how people actually respond, mm-hmm. um, and all of them, regardless of if they want to do drama or comedy or whatever, they say it is so, like, necessary. Nice. Well, I might have to pick your brain post-talking post about George about writing things. Especially <laughs> <laughs> L.A. things, because that's one of the places. I'm, I'm looking to move, and I'm looking at New York. Um, thought about L.A. Oh, yeah. I, I was in Tucson the last two years, and I, I'm missing – the sunshine and I felt like oh I my used gosh. to walk outside and it was like a warm hug and now I walk outside and the weather's like rejecting me. It's like Katie, <laughs> we don't want you here. Like go back inside. You're not welcome. Oh Come that is on so like, real. Everything's great. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So that's <laughs> Okay. And the movie you select is, is George of the Jungle. So we're yeah. really excited to get to that. But we Katie, are. what is segment of the week. Okay, so our first segment is always um something from pop culture this week that mm-hmm. excites us. So does anybody have anything to start with? Mm. I could go first. Okay. Should I go first? Go in. Okay. So you let's should always just go first because you always want to. I know. I just like think about it in advance. So um 
my favorite pop culture thing of this week. Last night I went to a concert for our band called the Oh Hellos, and they are oh like, God, yeah, and they're like, it's my third time seeing them live, and they are by far my favorite band to see in person because they just lose their minds, and they like sing kind of like that 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 music that's kind of like soulful and you would listen to in a coffee shop but like when they're playing it it is electrifying um so i just loved last night and everything that happened that's awesome yeah it was so good um i i'm kind of like stuck in the past i'm not really like a pop like up with the new things but um i'm rereading pride and prejudice with my brothers so good that's been Wait, good. Can you explain how yes. you are? Okay. So we have a book club, and my brother first chose Name the Wind, which is like this thousand-page science fiction novel, and I read that and realized that it was only part one of three. Oh. So, like, you read it for a thousand pages, you get really invested, and then it's the story doesn't really wrap up. It's kind <laughs> of like, to be continued. Um so I was like, okay, now it's my turn, <laughs> and now we're going to read what I like. Um, so yeah, Pride and Prejudice, and then we're going to do Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Go back to Name the Wind for another thousand-page thousand marathon. So yeah, we do like a little book club chat each week on the phone, because we're also living in different country, uh, different parts of the country. So um, our kid book club. I love it. so fun. I love that, Annie. Do you think we can force Petty into that? No. I, like, really don't. I think that he would reject it, like, undoubtedly. I know. Ugh, that's unfortunate. Okay. Um, wow, I like yours a lot. So mine is quasi-embarrassing um, because the one of the things about, in addition to the weather, Katie, about living in Southern California is you meet a lot of people who astrology is really how they, like, navigate the world and so I have a lot of co-workers and especially all of my interns are very astrology and it's how they understand me and how they make sense of the world so I was like okay I need to learn more about this so then I asked one of them like what is like if there's like an astrology book that I should read like what is it and they're like, okay, so then they sent me this one, and it's called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Read. It's a blue cover. Um, and so I started reading it yesterday or Friday, and here's the thing, is it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, because, like, obviously, it's not how I want to, like, navigate people or the world, but all this stuff for Virgo, like, is real. Really true. Like, so much. You're a Virgo, right? Me? I'm an Aries. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. So my oh my my birthday time is creeping up, but Aries, it always says we're very, like, temperamental and flighty, which is kind of true. <laughs> Here's the thing. There's, like, so much more to it than that because it's, like, what you're, like, all the – that's, that's your sun sign, but then it's also, like, what your moon signs are and, like, all these other things. And it is interesting because our little brother, for most people I know, they do fit pretty strongly. Know of people in each of the signs and they fit them to the point where I can be like, oh, that makes sense. 
But her little brother is an Aries, and like Teddy doesn't make sense as an Aries in my mind. So we have to like then return to the interns and be like, explain to me, Teddy. But like me for Virgo, it's eerily accurate, You're a- and it makes me uncomfortable. What do they say about Gemini? And it's kind of really accurate for you too, and it's like really enjoys having a knowledge of. At least a service knowledge of almost everything. Oh my god, that is uh, so me. Like, I've said that about myself before. <laughs> no, that was the thing. It's just, like, really terrifying because I was reading this and I was like, why would they know? And when I when I say um, there's, like, lines in, there would be lines in it, they're like, this is something you've probably said to yourself. And it was, like, something about personal, I'm, I'm not going to, like, overshare on podcasts, but, like, like personal stuff I've been going through, it was like, you've probably told yourself you're okay with this in the past, but secretly you're not, and it's a way that you have to, like, justify your feelings, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I don't like this, um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so Katie, yes. Georgia the Jungle, yes, provide us a synopsis and tell us why you chose it. Okay, so... That's just talking about my brothers. So when we were younger, we were we didn't have cable or anything. We weren't really like a big TV family, but we had like a few movies that got a lot of love. And George of the Jungle was one of them. And whenever my parents went out, my older brother would babysit and my younger brother and I would terrorize him and watch George of the Sorry, Jungle. Guys. Don't worry, I muted it. And okay. yeah, it just I had like really positive memories Apologies. like going back to it because that was like the I movie that we used to less. quote all the time um george <laughs> the jungle do i like give like a little they like should meet you yes. guys though i'm yeah. always already said that she won't but you george is abandoned i feel like child. you'd be good on the podcast in the jungle um he's raised okay. by his friend ape. send me his email um, i think his name is ape i just rewatched it but no for real I'll stop anyway. her. Oh, I know yeah. what she is. It's, yeah, it's because he has only very simplistic <laughs> names for yeah. Bye, guys. Yeah, yeah he's ling- linguistically challenged um, and directionally challenged as well. And so Ursula, like, comes into the jungle. She's, like, a wealthy San Francisco elite, and she gets rescued by George at some point, and um, she has this, like, annoying fiancé, Lyle, who's looking for her. Lyle, ugh. Yeah. She falls in love with George, but then, um, you know, things kind of go awry, and George gets injured somehow and has to come back to San Francisco for medical attention. And then meet George, and, uh, yeah, George is a little out of his element in the city, but Lyle wants revenge, so he goes back, captures Ape. They have to go back and rescue him, and, and then they end up in the jungle. Headed. And so all their San Francisco friends come and see George, and yeah, the time. So I really liked it as a kid because they like to do that thing that Zach Morris used to do where they break from the camera and like talk directly to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I used to think that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, um, it's actually pretty clever. When I was rewatching it, I was like, "Oh wow! All right, George of the Jungle. I could see why I liked you." <laughs> I mean, it, it is challenging. The Brendan Fraser '90s movies are so entertaining. Like, he, I mean, I understand the appeal of George of the Jungle. If I were to say, like, if I had to pick a movie outside the Mummies 
that for me is my, the Brendan Fraser I know and love, it would be um, uh, Dudley Do Right. Like I loved oh. Dudley. Yes. Um, but what is fun about this movie is it's also charming. Like the side characters are charming. Like Leslie Mann, I personally find to be like a very enjoyable character. Yes. Yeah. Actor. And and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think comedy is harder, and I think to like portray innocence and uh, openness and vulnerability that she has is just as challenging, if not more so, than playing like very dark, depressing people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to keep it like to keep you rooting for her, like because she's such an easy, her character would be such an easy person to hate. You know, because she's, like, this wealthy kind of, like, I want to go to Africa. And, like, you know, she's kind of helpless in some moments. But then in other moments, she has to be really strong, standing up to her parents or doing what's right and standing by George. But at the same time, keeping things, like, really light and pithy and and funny, you know? Right. Um, Uh Yeah. So I was kind of laughing because I had forgotten that it was her. You know, like, I remembered vaguely what she looked like. But then rewatching it, I was like, holy shit. Like, oh, can I? Yeah, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) I I forgot. You're fine. Up in common, because this was what, 90, was this 97? 97, something like that. And then in her career, she was then, she'd done the cable guy, so I think she just met. Right. Judd. Yeah. yeah, no. And they had yeah. a long, a, a, it was the beginning, the beginning of something beautiful. And I'd like to say that George of the Jungle was probably, if I had to say. More than 17 again and more than How to Be Single. I think she just keeps getting better with me. She's getting better and better. How to yeah. Be Single is a great movie. Like, also, if you're ever feeling down, watch How to Be Single. To know. I haven't seen that in a really long time. I think I saw it in college, and it was after a few a few hours at the bathroom when we used to like throw on random movies. Oh yeah, the how to be single? There. It's vague. How to be single only came out in twenty sixteen. So, Katie, I'm not going to lie to you. You weren't in college. So then I was, yeah. Then <laughs> I was definitely wrong because I was getting it confused with another. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Maybe 17 again, because she's, like, pretty baller in that. Maybe that was the Yeah, one. she's great Maybe in that, that movie. Watches after the backer that are a little bit vague. Yeah. There you go. It happens. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So yeah. funny. Um, so, George of the Jungle. I remember this movie very fondly. Um, our family has a particular love of Brendan Fraser, so, like... Yeah. Gotta love a good Brendan Fraser, Fraser film. But I wanted to get your guys' um, opinion. So there's a new movie coming out with The Rock about, like, giant animals that, like, obviously goes awry because it's The Rock. But right. in it, they, there's, like, an ape called George. And I want to know, is there any connection between, like, apes and, like, the name George? Because wasn't there also, like, another movie with Charlize Theron... Oh my goodness! It uh shoot because I remember the trailer for that movie, the one with Charlize Theron, was on our VHS before Parent Traps, so we saw it all the time. Yeah, we rewatched. 
Yes. On VHS all the time. Um, and she, like, connects with an ape, and, like, Mighty I think its Joe name Young. is George. Mighty Joe Young? Is that what it's called? Oh, Joe. Oh, Mighty Joe Young. So I lied. Right. That was before the parent trap. That was, like, one of the trailers. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yes. This is how, you know, this is how I, this is how I knew things. Like, all the trailers before Parent Trap and Father of the Brides Parts 1 and 2, like, I probably recite from memory right now just because of the number of times. And it's funny because, like, fast forward it through them. Like, I know. and I don't know why. You know, and I don't I know why, but... Yeah. It's part of the viewing experience. It's just part of the experience. We lost you know you're watch so it. many hours of our lives. We just lost them. They're gone. To watching commercials. Think about it, the trailers are like, what? Ten minutes? Yeah. Easy. Ten minutes? Easy. Every time I've seen the parent trap, that's easily a day. Easily a day yeah. of my life lost to my ego young. Which is funny because kids right now don't waste their time doing that. Like no. when they watch, they don't watch commercials. The attend that was like, but I kind of oh yeah. But reading articles about how like kids will watch commercials during sporting events and be like, "What is this?" because they don't encounter it in their own viewing experiences. Is right. But I also realize like I don't encounter commercials that frequently now too. So it's even. Like, when I was watching the Academy Awards and I was watching it live and I had commercials, I was like, what? I was like, these are, like, fascinating. They're, like, little movies. Yeah. And I never (laughs) paid attention to them. Well, and I didn't realize, too, I was listening to a podcast um, when they were talking, like, to people who had had been going into acting. um, It was, and it was, I think it was Jane Lynch who was saying that, on one of her very first commercials, she got paid something like seventy grand in commercial. Um, so just thinking how much time and money are put into these things that people breeze through, fast forward, don't pay attention to. You know, it's kind of crazy. But I wonder also, like, how much of the how much of it gets like implanted in your brain, almost like subliminal messaging on from just like hearing them in the background. You know, and if yeah. it's worth seventy grand. And that's just for Jane Lynch. Could have been a lot more once you think about all of the cast and crew. Oh, yeah. Hindsight. I mean, really, it's even now, it's commercials provide, like, the most consistent paychecks. Yeah. Work. Um, so fun. Okay, so Georgia of the Jungle, do you have, like, a what, what was your favorite scene in this movie? Mm, I really like... Okay, so this, this is a really random part that I thought was really funny. It was when they broke that fourth wall, and it's like there are these three African guides, and I thought this movie was a little bit, I thought it was a little bit ahead of its time in that, or maybe it wasn't, but it was like they start kind of making fun of that whole, like, Africa, and they try and, like, talk down to people, and um, the guides are just, like, making fun of Lyle the entire time. And there's, like, this one part where Lyle trips and falls into elephant poop, and they, like, stop and look at the ca- uh, camera, and they're like, bad guy falls in poop. A moment. And then they, like, all throw their heads back and laugh. And so I think I just like the little kind of play on when they're in their jungle, and they're trying to, like, Ape is trying to help pr- 
for like help prevent them from getting like ships little tusks or whatever so i thought those parts were funny and then when they um the whole like part in the jungle where they're trying to escape when they're trying to prevent lyle from getting what he wants that was pretty funny and then a random part i thought was hilarious when i was a kid was when brendan fraser like eats a bunch of coffee and he's like java 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 <laughs> he's all amped up and he's like running around the streets of san francisco try like wearing some of the uh you know ursula's dresses hilarious as a child um, and then, like, it was, like, my first real romance movie where I was, like, this is beautiful, you know? You're, like, I want to see you survive. I want to see your love thrive. So I funny. I to see the love thrive. Yeah. yeah. So. I love what you mentioned, though, about how the writing and the acting plays with the form. And I could see that being so important for you the English degree that you then achieved and then the fact that like you have worked in like English spheres and are considering writing for like television or film yes. at any age, like you should focus on like the form itself. Like that would be really cool. And there's so much to be done with that. So fascinating. <sighs> yeah. I felt like rewatching it. I really appreciated a lot of things about it and that too, like really, it kind of was, I mean, it's a kid's movie, you know, but a lot of the jokes are pretty clever and you, you have to like rewatching it. I was like, Oh, I feel like I'm picking up a lot more than I did when I was a kid. And I was like, there's a talking monkey. And then <laughs> we all laugh, you know, like that was really hilarious when I was a child, but now I, I appreciated some of the, it makes sense. Um, that Leslie Mann was Ursula, you know, like it just, she did such a nice job to life but I also thought like re-watching it I didn't like how they portrayed women and I don't know if yeah. it's just me being like really woke I don't know in the 2018 moment but I'm like of course she has to go back to the jungle and like live as this like jungle wife you know and her like she has these jungle babies and that's like she you know she's just hanging out with George while he's swinging on trees that's that's kind of crappy but as a child, it didn't bother me. I was right. like, great, I want to find a jungle man and live in a treehouse, and that sounds pretty awesome. See, like, I definitely don't want to live in a treehouse. I don't think I ever wanted to live in a treehouse. So I feel like I would have been angry. What? I've absolutely wanted to live in a treehouse. Have you not seen Swiss Family Robinson? Okay, but, like, Swiss Family Robinson, their treehouse is, like, tricked out. It's like a pimped, pimp my ride, but, like, treehouse edition. So was the treehouse in Torch of the Jungle. Torch's treehouse is pretty lit. Like, I I would want to live in that treehouse. Right, but, I like, I don't want to live in like, a jungle, you know? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, go. It was pretty good. I would say, like, it didn't seem as treacherous as other jungles. Can we talk but, about... I don't know. I wouldn't want to leave everything I knew for... Well, maybe I would. A dude? Is pretty awesome. Well, okay. Yeah, think about it. Like, there's a lot of times right now where I'm like, if I could somehow just not deal with things. And okay, this is not bad. But Annie and I've talked about this before. We have certain friends who it seems like yes, they like did want to get married and have kids, but part of it is like they didn't like working all that much. And there's like some days. <laughs> um, 
part of it is there's like some days where I'm like, oh, like it would be easy if I could like to a certain extent justify not wanting to work by having like an external reason. Um, but I don't have that justification, nor do I have like the extra like second income that could <laughs> support that. Uh, but we'll see. One day. Can we talk about, and again, this is going to be like a very 2018 moment of us. For, but this movie partially is set in Africa, and there are like very few Africans. Yes. Who speak? So is it the Taylor Swift blank spaces of 1997? Yes. <laughs> I would argue yes, because like this is a movie that like kids consumed, and I think that right. almost every person has seen this movie. Like if they grew up around when we grew up, right? It's not like a movie that no one has heard of. And there are no Africans. Even with the movies that you brought up. So, also the fact that it's Africa. Right. Not just a country. Right. Unspecified Africa. But, like, if we think about, it was also, like, Mighty Joe Young. It's all of, all of the movies that came out in the 90s. And there was other ones, too, that were either in the Amazon or were either in Africa. And I don't really remember. Well, there was, like, like, the one with Jonathan um, Taylor Thomas. And, um, wasn't that one of the house? Yeah. He goes to the Amazon. Did he go on like an African excursion? I remember something in the jungle it's, or in the wilderness. Uh, right? Isn't that terrible that we yeah. can't even remember if it was Africa or the Amazon? It was just like jungle. Yeah. And, and this is what we taught and were about it. So it's interesting to think about now, like, what is it that kids, the images that they're getting? So. Is why movies would argue, um, Queen of Cotway are so important, and but then the one that people will remember is Black Panther. Oh my gosh, yes, oh my gosh, yes. I have to say, like, I have to say, like, I really appreciate what Black really Panther is doing right now because I'm teach I teach kids who are like seeing a superhero that looks like them, and I have this kid in my class who is just like the most precious, adorable kid, and he's been writing his name as as Black Panther for, like, the last two months. Wait, stop. He's obsessed with it. So exciting to see kids of this generation growing up in a world where they're represented on film, you know? And you have people from Africa in a, you know, like, you have people who are, more like, representative of the area makes sense. I don't know. I'm on daylight saving brain. But, like, you know, we're not saying Africa and you have, like, the three guides and then you have a bunch of white people who are, right. like, to them. Hold on one second. I'm just hold on one second. No, it's so real. But you guys can just do it at one If that's okay. <laughs> scheduling yeah i feel you i mean obviously i feel you <laughs> yeah we're going on long story too we're going on this trip as a family in the uk um and we're trying to like for for like a month we're going to be in like wales scotland and england um so and, like, fun summer and so we're trying to get all like the logistics worked out so if you hear my phone like going off that's what it is that is so uh, yeah, fun. And I know. Yeah, I'm excited. That is so great. <laughs> yeah. Family adventure. 
<laughs> family Just adventures are the best kind of adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm on daylight savings brain, I feel like, today. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I mean, it's, obviously. This am. podcast is potentially not recording, so we might have to do it all over again, you know, next <laughs> week. And, like, then we can just not be on daylight savings time brain. We all sound so tired. We're like, man. <laughs> Right. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, so Katie, because I know we lose you to the joys of webinars and whatnot. What? Yes. What do you? Let's move on to the legacy of this film. So we've discussed some of the problems of it because presentation of Africa, presentation of the female character. What then do you think is the legacy of this movie, and would you recommend children of today watch it? Hmm. You know, I think it's <laughs> sentimental. I think it's worth a watch. I think it's Brendan Fraser still at right. some of his finest work. Um, it's legacy. I don't know how well it would stand. I don't. I don't think it's going to be one of those things we look back and. You know, well, I guess we're still talking about it in 2018 and on Good Film Hunting. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's not like a Sandlot, you know. It's not like a, a classic that's going to stand the test of time. Because okay. of some of those things that we were saying, I, I don't know. I think culturally, some of those films that we watched as kids are kind of slowly being phased out. You know. Right. Yeah, they're a little... Well, because it doesn't, it doesn't hold up and it doesn't make sense to them. And it is... It's interesting now, though, too, as Georgia... Uh, I was about to say Georgia the Jungle's movies. As Brendan Fraser's movies get remade without him. Mm-hmm. And it is a sense of, like, what are we losing with him? And I don't know. Did either of you read it? I meant to, but I... Either an article, I think it was an article in GQ recently, and it talks about like the decline of Brendan Fraser, and he was apparently sexually assaulted, and he says part of his vanishing was because of that. Um, and it is, but he doesn't look all that different. But it's even Jumanji and all of these things that now have The Rock. Yeah, would have once been Brendan Fraser's territory. Yeah, and what does that leave? him and like this is kind of in a sense memorializing for like yet another like white guy type things but is there actually space then or how would he reinvent himself or what do we make of his movies because they're they're so silly like I mean as much as I love Dudley Do-Right and I would love to do a podcast about that at some point like it's a really problematic presentation all around it's like Alfred Molina who is always problematic anyway Yes. And they have him play everything. Like, he plays, like, an Afghan in certain movies. He plays, you know, like, he'll do whatever. And then it's also, like, the representation of Native Americans. And the fact that it's, like, weirdly about the Gulf War. So confusing. Um, and are these, like, meant to die with us? <laughs> like, <laughs> Brendan Fraser might die with our generation. I don't know. I think the era that he was 
you know, available in film and the scripts that were being produced and things that uh, from an audience at that time, I think have like drastically changed. And I don't think audiences are looking for the same kind of like, almost that his like slapsticky goofiness were able to provide. And he would have to, he would have to reinvent, reinvent himself, but also like, want to be reinvented if that makes sense you know like maybe he's maybe he's kind of like all right I did my piece and I'm done um but I think part of that too is a product of or part of his career has been the scripts that were being made at that time because there are other actors I'm sure that fall into the same category where they are starring in things um that people won't necessarily go back and rewatch with (laughs) pride you know like yeah yeah who do you think that would be right now? Whose movies are going to be so problematic that, like, I don't know. I'm thinking possibly the Avengers movies. You know how they're so touted right now, but the fact that it's, like, only Black Widow and she's super hypersexualized <laughs> because they think about wonder. Yeah. I think a lot of superhero movies have to look at how they're portraying women and minorities and blockbuster like Black Panther comes out, Wonder Woman. Well, you know, out of those movies where women were just the sidekick, hypersexualized, right? Like an accessory. Same with minorities, where they're like there for the one-liners or this man. I think those types of films like don't we're not gonna look back on and be like oh yeah that was real great you know it's gonna be like oh to where we were as a society you know that's where we were that's a really great way to describe it yeah to be like okay that, that was the limit of what we could consume right <laughs> right like that or that was what would make money you know and that's what people would pay to see because for what it's like re it's like reiterating quotations on a screen you're like paying to see yourself glorified if you're in a certain like subsect of the culture you know like I'm sure people like to see them like saving the day and being like the hero and I think that times progress people will be a little more more open-minded to see different types of heroes you know yeah I've always had, like, this is really, really side note tangent, but I'm working on this, this, like, writing idea um, that features, like, kids who are in, I guess, like, with my teaching background, you see a lot of kids who are superheroes in their own right, and who have to do all these heroic things, and it's called, if I ever invent this story, it'll be called Superheroes of Circumstance, and it's talking about how, like, in different aspects of the world who are um, kind of like toiling away in their own lives to listen to create change and I think that the way our culture is shifting now it's putting more of a spotlight on people who haven't had the same opportunities and um, I don't know it makes like movies that glorify people who've had it not easy because I know that the superhero and the big blockbusters like the Avengers always has some sort of issue, but I think that more and more we're moving away from 
always had privilege, you know, like, right. We don't care. Sorry, Spider-Man, but like, cool. <laughs> you know, I guess your uncle died. That's yeah. Pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. And I do think this movie has like, it's, it has entertainment value. Like, so it's not like I would ever say kids like don't watch this movie, but I would never like put this on a pedestal like George of the Jungle. I'd be never like, this is a movie you have to see. Um, and again, it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just like not one that's a hundred percent necessary for their like developmental growth. Mm-hmm. Like Parent Trap. Parent Trap they must see. <laughs> Even though it's a bunch of privileged white people. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, the twin factor makes it more interesting. Twins Agreed. are interesting no matter what. Agreed. 110%. Okay. Well, to wrap up, we always say where in the world we would want to go right now. So, where would you like to go, Katie? Um, I'm really excited to go to Scotland this summer. Um, it's so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I want to like, go to Loch Ness hunt Nessie and not hunt look for um look for the Loch Ness monster sit on some lakes it's so beautiful Scotland is beautiful Eleanor I just like want to go to Hawaii um a kind of lethargy right now so I'm like just sit on a beach and granted this is dumb because I live in Los Angeles like I could sit on a beach today if I wanted to you could but like in Hawaii would be more fun and different. How about you, Annie? If I could go anywhere right now for free, it would be to Philadelphia. I don't know that sounds really lame, but like I can't I'm supposed to go next weekend to look at Penn and like flights are six hundred dollars round trip, so I can't go because like that's just a silly amount of money for one day. So I just wish I could go to Philly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just can't can't justify it, you know. All right, right. Well, well. This is We don't know if it happened, really. We're still not sure if it's recording. <laughs> Oh my god, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Alright. What an adventure. <laughs> I think it recorded. It maybe did it. <laughs> well, sorry in advance to anyone who might hear my daylight savings brain. It's been an it's been an interesting podcast. But guys, it was so great to chat and to see your faces. I know, agreed. Yeah. And then we'll talk more about Los Angeles and your writing lifestyle. Yes, please. Sounds good. And good luck with grad school. Thanks. Bye. Bye, listeners. Eleanor, what's our sign off? You say it all. Oh, you can find this on the internet, but we're really (laughs) bad at it. So, like, Facebook and Instagram and not Twitter, but, like, sometimes email. (laughs) Okay. Bye, guys.